This is the Eat.News podcast, powered by Back of House, where we cover the biggest restaurant and food service industry headlines. This week, we're taking a look at a move by a number of states to relax mandates and other measures in the wake of falling COVID-19 cases, and what it could mean for restaurants going forward. It's Thursday, February 17th. I'm Claudia Sarek. In today's top story, there's been major movement recently on mask mandates. For more, we go to Back of House editor Matt Lynch. Hi, Matt. Welcome back. Thanks, Claudia. Good to be back. So it feels like there's been an unusual amount of news around mask mandates over the last week or so. What's the latest? Yeah, there's indeed been significant movement in several states recently as cases have dropped quite a bit across the country in the last couple of weeks. Just take New York, for example. They announced an end to their statewide indoor vaccine or mask mandate for most businesses, and that was in the wake of a 93% drop in COVID cases in the state. Uh, Other states on that list that are either announcing plans to end restrictions uh, or have done so already include California, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Washington, and Illinois. Yeah, that is a lot of movement. What has the reaction been so far from the industry? Well, like anything COVID mandate related, it's been mixed. Uh, President Biden said in a press conference this week that he thought getting rid of mandates was premature. And indeed, though, cases are far lower than they were at the peak of the Omicron wave. They're still reasonably Mm -hmm. high overall. But that said, there is hope in some corners that this is a positive step towards normalcy. And of course, a number of states have already been operating without indoor mask mandates for some time now. Right. So what happens if a restaurant operator does not feel comfortable going maskless in their business just yet? That's a good question, Claudia. So businesses are still within their right to set their own policies in this area. So even in places where mandates are being removed, it's still within an operator's purview to choose the course they believe is best for their business. And another thing worth noting is that as the statewide mandates relax, it's still possible that some cities or counties might choose to stick with them longer on a more local level. Uh, Take Chicago, for example, they're currently weighing whether or not to extend mandates past the date where Illinois is set to relax them. But public officials have expressed some concern this could create confusion, which could be an issue in cases where cities and states are operating under different policies. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what do you think happens next? I mean, if there's anything we've learned in this pandemic, it's not to try to predict the future with too much confidence. (laughs) Uh, We've seen both Delta and Omicron, how quickly a new variant can just emerge and completely Mm -hmm. change the calculus. Uh, All that said, uh, we're really hoping that these policy changes don't disrupt the downward trend in cases we're seeing right now. And things continue to look up as we move into spring. I know that's definitely the outcome I'm rooting for. Absolutely. Me too. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Yeah, anytime, Claudia. More news at the state level as California just passed two measures that will impact restaurants and their workers. One will stipulate up to 80 hours of paid sick leave for employees with COVID, effective until September 30th. The second will exempt restaurant revitalization fund payouts from state taxes and provide $150 million in grants to the state's COVID relief program for small businesses. The tax protection mirrors federal policy, which will exempt RRF money from federal taxes and will come as an even greater relief if the RRF ever gets a long-awaited re-up. 
Meanwhile, in Texas, a new policy should be a boom for service workers and their families. The Service Industry Recovery Child Care Program provides child care for service workers, although there are work requirements and an income ceiling. The program is already sending stipends to 11,000 families. In a time when restaurants are struggling to attract and retain workers, help in covering parents' child care feels like a big win for the industry. DoorDash is expanding its services into new areas, restaurant financing. The third-party app is partnering with financial technology firms to launch DoorDash Capital to shell out cash advances to restaurants and eligible small businesses for costs such as payroll, hiring, marketing, and equipment purchases. Instead of interest, restaurants will pay a single fee based on a percentage of their DoorDash sales. It's another possible avenue for restaurants in need of cash flow as the Restaurant Revitalization Fund remains in a holding pattern. In other delivery service news, Grubhub has announced an expansion of its convenience service Grubhub Goods, which gives delivery customers access to snacks and other convenience store items in a partnership with 7-Eleven. The program is operating with roughly 3,000 locations around the country after a successful pilot in Manhattan last year working with about a dozen locations. Speaking of expansions, White Castle announced plans to install cooking robot Flippy 2 at 100 of its locations. The burger chain has been working with Miso Robotics on the project since 2020, which uses a robot to do the work of an entire fry station. This is another step in an ongoing trend of restaurants exploring automation in response to ongoing staffing challenges. As it continues to advocate for restaurants in the push for restaurant revitalization fund replenishment, the National Restaurant Association is getting new leadership, naming Michelle Corsmo its new president, CEO, effective May 1st. Corsmo most recently held the same title for the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America. She also served in the Bush administration from 2001 to 2004 as Deputy Chief of Staff to Secretary of Transportation Elaine Cho. Finally, Chipotle revealed during its fourth quarter earnings call that its menu prices rose roughly 10 percent from 2020 to 2021. The forces at play will sound familiar to many restaurant operators who are wrestling with labor and food costs, as Chipotle cited in particular the rising price of beef and avocados in addition to staffing as contributing to the rise. That's all for this week, folks. Take care.